This week on Monero Talk is sponsored by Monero.com Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero safely on iOS and Android too. Monero.com Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. And by IVPN. Resist online surveillance with IVPN, a privacy-focused audited and transparent VPN provider that accepts Monero directly. Monero.com Wallet and IVPN are trusted and verified by the Monero community. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in our YAT free speech money into your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Doug and I headed off to Freedom Fest 2022 in Las Vegas, Nevada. We were happy to report yet again that it was a huge success. We served up fresh, gratuitous pour-overs this time and spoke to tons of freedom fighters about Monero, the importance of privacy, and true digital cash. Once again, thank you to Monero.com for helping fund part of our trip and the funds they provided for giveaways. It was truly a hit. Many were excited to receive a $10 Monero tip on the spot. Lots went on during this short trip, so please stay tuned for all the wonderful and interesting content. Douglas Tuman interviews Andrew Langer, president of the Institute for Liberty and founder of the Institute for Regulatory Analysis and Engagement at Freedom Fest 2022. The special edition of Monero Talk starts now. All right, we're back. I'm trying to talk to as many people as I can, but... Any person I, I engage with inevitably turns into an hour and a half conversation. Right, I don't have an hour and a half, but I, I can give you. I can give you. I can give you some time. What is your name? Please Hi. introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Andrew Langer. Uh, I'm a broadcaster. I also wear a policy hat. I'm not wearing it right now. Um, I run a group called the Institute for Liberty, and we just founded an organization called the Institute for Regulatory Analysis and Engagement, which I know is a mouthful. What do each of those do? Well, Institute for Liberty is a long-standing organization dealing with a lot of different aspects of federal public policy, essentially trying to inject the free market limited government perspective into a whole host of things. Institute for Regulatory Analysis and Engagement is a new project. It's essentially engaged in regulatory activism. The idea is to analyze rules. We all focus on what Congress does. What we don't recognize is the tremendous impact that uh, what the executive branch does and has in our lives. We are going to approach a moment where regulatory costs are about $7 trillion a year in the United States. Institute for Regulatory Analysis and Engagement hopes to tilt at that windmill a bit and inject, again, some kind of rational perspective into the rulemaking process. You're, you are a great guy to talk to. So, you know, I just have a million questions yeah. running through the head. So I, I want to take it to the last topic, which is digital cash, of and would like to get your opinion on that, especially in light of uh, regulations, oh, yeah. cryptocurrency, your whole take on that. Sure. Should it be regulated? Can it be regulated? Well, I think it's... I think Dive into it. Inevitably, because there's so much money at stake, it's the, the government is going to try to take a whack at it in some way, shape, or form. The problem, of course, is, is that if Congress doesn't act and sort of define what the terms are, define what cryptocurrency is and what it means in a regulatory regime, it's going to be left to the executive branch agencies. And they're going to make a massive mess of it. Plus, they have their own uh, um, a rationale for getting involved, is they want to be able to peer into the transactions themselves, which defeats the whole purpose of cryptocurrency. The reality is you can sort of look at it in one of four buckets, not that I want to get in, unless you want me to get into the, the weeds 
weeds on this. Sure. But essentially, the question comes down to whether or not cryptocurrency is a currency, like in the traditional sense of a currency, whether or not it is a commodity like gold or silver or pork bellies or what have you, or whether or not it's a security or whether or not it's something else entirely. And I'm inclined to think that it's something else entirely, which is going to need a whole new regime if, again, if government is going to get involved in it, which they seem hell-bent on doing. Um, then, then it, they need to redefine what it is because it's something entirely different. It's not any one of those things. If I had to put my finger on what it would be closest to, I would say it's closest to a commodity and that you have to mine for it and you know there are, it's resource intensive, et cetera. But again, I, I think we need to go the other way. The, the problem, of course, is, right, is that as we move away from actual cash transactions into digital transactions, there's a whole privacy aspect that goes out the window. Again, which is why we have the, the whole idea of cryptocurrency, the idea of people being able to send money to somebody else and not have somebody else peering at them and looking, uh, looking over their shoulder when they do it. But that's the problem, is that you know, they're, they're the, the status in government, uh, the, the big government types generally, they want to be able to see every little detail. Like we've saw, seen this in the last couple of years with Congress wanting to peer into, and the executive branch wanting to peer into the granular level of the transactions between people. I have a real problem with that. So are you aware of Monero and what it's trying to achieve? Um, only slightly. I just know, I, I, I think of, wait, Monero is Monero is the is a wallet, right? It's not. No, no, no. Monero. Monero is so the anonymous, untraceable version of Bitcoin. Okay. All right. So it's, it's, it's the crypto of cryptocurrencies. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. that. That should be the new line. <laughs> right, you can have that one for free. So yes, Monero is trying to be true digital cash, okay. and there's there's many arguments as to why it, it has achieved that, okay. and it's currently the best at doing that. Right. Um, but Monero aside, let's say something like that eventually does exist. Let's say Monero does actually achieve this. Where, how do you, what role do you see that playing in society and in terms of its engagement with government? Can can People just opt out into Monero, live amongst themselves in Monero, and and not be bothered by 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 regulations folks, the government would want to folks, put upon it. Folks, I'm sorry to interrupt, but folks have tried to do this in the past, right? That's how you get sort of to the concept of the barter economy, right? Where you're just sort of engaging in people making these sort of the, the free exchange of goods or services for one another and figuring out the unit of exchange that they want to do. The problem is, anytime you want to get a a sort of a um, a set rate of exchange, uh, invariably, uh, it's going to involve some kind of uh, some kind of governmental entity, which which is which is a, a problem here, right? This is this is where cryptocurrency inevitably bumps up against the very real reality of the societies that we're in is that you know someone's going to want to take a look at this. Government doesn't like it when people engage in private transactions between each other. Uh, I think there's a role for it, certainly, um, especially as we move further and further into the digital age. But it's a huge challenge. Is there some, some possible future where Monero just gets treated like traditional cash? All right, so the problem with that, of course, is is that is that in order for that to happen, then government is going to have to take the step and say, okay, we're not going to step in here and intervene. And that would take probably a huge amount of public pressure in order for them to do that. I don't know if the wherewithal is there for the public to go and do that. All I know is is that in terms of it becomes, if anytime something becomes a mainstream thing, government wants it's doing proper. On a, you know, from a constitutional viewpoint, let me, let me just add, I'm sorry. Let me just add, I'm not saying that I want it to be that way. I'm just looking at it from the realistic perspective. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I get it. You seem like you, you know your stuff. So, yeah. so fr from a, con a constitutional perspective, yeah. do you think ultimately something like Monero, a true digital cash, 
there's arguments for why it should just be treated like like traditional cash itself. I, I, I suppose like free speech arguments. I, I I suppose I mean again, and I don't remember specifically which article it is that the United that the federal government has the power to to coin you know an issue currency. You know that's that's the that's the the sort of the issue there. I mean, right? Anytime you you want to get into it's a couple of different things, right? Because you've got the, the power to issue currency. Then you've got the, the Congress's power to regulate interstate commerce, which up until the 1990s was sort of given the freest range of interpretations. Um, I, I think in the end, you know, keeping in mind what the Constitution is, right? Constitu the Constitution is a document that gives power to government and serves to constrain those powers vis-a-vis -vis the rights of individuals. I think unless we get some greater enunciation as to what those rights of the individuals are, right, some greater discussion as to who we are, probably at some point in time it'll have to go through the court system to figure it out. And unless somebody makes that decision, the government is going to take as much of the power as they want to in, in terms of this. So what's your best prediction on what digital cash looks like in the future. Let's say, let's say Monero has, is succeeding at being true digital cash, um, you know, and, and de truly decentralized, uh, not easily, you know, uh, uh, you know cor corrupted by any government or any power. So where do you eventually find that sitting in society? What, what, what role does it end up playing? I think this gets into sort of the greater discussions that libertarians have about creating non-state societies. Right or digital societies in and of themselves, you know. At some point in time, I think we're going to see this, where there's going to be this argument for um, people who are sort of, they may be uh, nascently related to sort of have state allegiances, right? Whether or not they consider themselves Americans or British or French or whatever, but you're going to see the formation of folks who are going to say we're going to band together in a digital realm to create our own digital societies. I think that's where you know these sort of libertarian. I'm sorry these cryptocurrencies are going to be issued because if they can sort of set themselves out as being apart from any one particular governmental entity in terms of their power of regulation sort of out of that reach, that's what's going to save them. Um, but then the problem is anybody who tries to do business with that digital currency within any sort of recognized governmental, you know, governmental system, they're going to run into those problems. But I think, listen, I think this gets into, it's always, it's always difficult to predict the future, obviously. Um, and, it's, and it's good to sort of have these ideas. But we know where small L libertarians generally have been going. They're getting smarter about how they're doing these things. They're getting more innovative and inventive in terms of how they're viewing societal problems and how they're approaching them. Um, and so as we sort of look to those non-state solutions, um, that's where I see this, the solutions to these cryptocurrency issues coming in. Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to MoneroTalk.live to subscribe for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and we are always happy to read them. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being back next week.